We fight. You tell me when I'm being an arrogant son of a bitch, and I tell you when you're being a pain in the ass. She's lost that loving feeling. I'll tell you, but you can't tell anyone. You, are, you have to be really cool about this. Yeah, of course. Got to lose my cool now. Got to lose my cool now. Hello, I'm Paige, and this is Losing My Cool, a podcast about trying to stay warm in a world full of cool people. We record inside the infrared saunas at Tribe Wellness Byron Bay, and every interview is completely unedited. In this episode, the final for the first season, I Get Sweaty with Mel, my spirit guide and fellow witch sister, we, well, mostly me, crank the sauna a little too high, but still manage to have a fairly robust discussion about being in the sorts of connections where your worlds revolve around completely different things, i.e. your world revolves around theirs and theirs revolves around the surf. We ruminate on the concept of rejection as a symbol, procrastination when it comes to sitting down to work on your personal projects, feeling drained versus feeling invigorated by someone else's company, and our experiences with open relationships. I just see it as a whole heap of conversations that are unnecessary in order to have a sex life with a bunch of people. And I I deeply respect having loads of love for loads of people, but having a bunch of men that feel like they really need me and other people in order to satisfy their relationship goals. I, I hold my sexuality in its sacred nature and I don't want it to be shared with other people. We also round out the convo with a healthy bit of back and forth on blowjobs. If this feels like it may trigger you, feel free to drop out of the episode about halfway through. Off the record, Melanie has been a shoulder and an ear for me as I have contemplated the many cosmic sex and relationship jokes I've found myself the butt of. She's a lover of all things connection, has a background in art therapy, is, in her own words, in a deep romance with plants and poetry, and is currently studying herbal medicine at university. I can't wait to introduce you to Mel. What is your favourite colour, Melanie? Purple's the first thing I want to say, but orange and green are like a tying close second. Why is that orange and green? Yeah, so different to purple. Colors. Okay. Yeah. What's nice. your favorite color page? Purple. Yeah. Purple and pink always has been. Yeah, the healing power <laughs> of pink. I've had conversations <laughs> with friends about prior to now. <laughs> oh my god, fully. It's a good one. Um, okay, well, losing my cool. Um, thank you for coming on board, Mel. It's a pleasure to come here and get sweaty with you, Paige. Mm. Okay, so there was a scenario in which I lost my cool. At the end of last year, um, I was sort of seeing this guy for a little bit, and I do say sort of, not as a limiting modifier, but as a I sort of was seeing him. I think I was seeing him, but he wasn't seeing me. It was one of those scenarios. <laughs> it goes that way sometimes. Unfortunately. Um, and, yeah, just as with that as the preface, things were not going great and I was I was awaiting this text message from him Mm. and I think to be honest with you it's a bit blurry now um but I think it was a text message to do with hanging out and it had been some time since our last hangout and the last hangout had been a moment where we'd shared some intimacy and obviously that is like you know ends up being a a big deal well for me it ends up being a big deal and I want to see a person again after I have that experience and that's just me and not all women are like that but that had happened between us and then there'd been this huge gap and I'd started 
questioning all this stuff and I was basically waiting for this reply from him because he said he was getting back from like camping or whatever like surf trip or something like that and I just hadn't got it yet and I went to yoga that afternoon to try and ground myself in this energy of like obsession and not being not not ground myself in that energy but ground myself in reality and to try and like traverse and trans transgress transgress like as in trans yeah no transcend sorry that energy of like just feeling so not sure about stuff and like I couldn't think around anything else and blah 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 and anyway the the I couldn't practice properly so I was on my way home I was driving back and I was just like checking my fucking phone every two seconds to see if he'd reply to this message I just and I and and the other thing is that I look back now um and just think of that person and think of our connection and just go like what the fuck was that <laughs> like what was I thinking but we have to do these things and have these experiences to um evolve anyway got home pulled into my driveway still no text message and I fucking burst into tears and I was mm. sitting in my car it's fucking hysterical and I was just like universe like cut me some slack it doesn't have to be a message from him I, I at, at the end of the day like this is obviously not what I need I'm obviously moving through some other deeper stuff that's being triggered by this dude but like give me something you cut me some slack like I just um this sucks I all my self-worth was being called into question mm-hmm. and my value was hinging on this guy replying to my text message about hanging out yeah um and then finally I looked at my phone and he replied something so stupid and and not even giving me the thing that I thought that I want but just replied mm. and the tears stopped and I was like what what is that energy like what is that business and that anticlimactic response nonetheless like super challenging well it wasn't so much I, I think when I was able to come out of that and look at myself philosophically and and be like, what, you know, it wasn't even about the specifics of the reply. It was just the validation. It was just him noticing me. It was just being seen in the world mm. um, that that I started thinking, okay, well, this is, you know, there's work to be done here and I need to understand, like, how I'm being so um, activated by this particular connection that clearly is nowhere near as important to this other person as it is to me for growth or otherwise. Mm. Um, and I don't know, yeah, like, I just... What do you reckon of that? What is that? I think there's something in that imbalance. Like, so often you're connecting with somebody and you're thinking about them and they're probably thinking about you and there's some sort of general meeting place. Interest. in Yeah, the general interest. Um, but then there's these occasions when it just rocks one person and doesn't seem to even remotely affect the other person. Yeah, it doesn't even touch and the sides. It, it does not even a tiny bit. And it's and it can be infuriating, that sensation of, like, how are you all consuming my whole reality right now and I am, like, an afterthought of an afterthought in your mm. world. And I think it, I think it comes down to some sort of spiritual level of like this person literally just being a symbol it's not even necessarily Mm. their human expression it's that something in the way that they've shown up in your world is symbolic for so many other things that have some deep trigger to some older wound that this person's just reminding you of yeah so then what's practically 
you know, even if you in your philosophical self can accept that and see that for what it is, it still doesn't take away from the heartbreak, from the rejection, from, like, the embarrassment and the shame over being so obsessed. No, the human experience is very real. There's... And I think, I think reminding yourself not to judge yourself for having such a real experience when it seems like somebody else is just not even aware. There that that for could, it. Not even there. Not even a little bit. It's... I think, I think it's something that will remain tricky. I don't think it will ever really get easier. I think the circumstances will just change. Mm. But I think that's part of, like, the great social experiment that is life and Mm. that there's some cosmic force fucking laughing at us for all of the confusion and, like, imagine just some other pair of eyes coming from somewhere, looking at you in your driveway, bawling your eyes out, and then going, we're going to send her a message that barely says anything. Send, and then it's like, ding, and then your tears stop, and it's just like almost horror. Like, how could this be all that you fucking say to me right now? Like, how is this all you've got? And I think it comes back to just, like, cosmic jokes. Yeah. Yeah, right, symbols and cosmic jokes. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And, again, you can... Yeah, but it's just the, the feeling, as much as you're probably able to separate a part of yourself and be able to acknowledge that this is a learning process and it's all a controlled hallucination and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 you still got to live in it, right? Very you much. still got to have your feet on the ground. You're still going to go out there and try to connect and try to connect with people and try to earn money and try to do all these other human things. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, but in, in choosing to participate in that, like you're opening yourself up for the disappointment and the hurt of other people um, not showing up. And simultaneously setting yourself up for all the joy and the laughter and the playful and the epic sex and the deep connection and fuck tons of gratitude and overflow. Yes, totally. I feel like, though, um, I I never... There's no end to the jokes, though. Not, no, of course there's no end to it, but there's no... I don't, I almost don't get better at understanding them. You think, I used to have this ego about myself that was, you know, every time I was connecting with someone, um, and we'll just look at this through, I guess, the lens of intimacy and um, romantic connection, sexual mm-hmm. connection. I used to, every time I'd connect with someone and I'd feel like I'd really nailed navigating through it, that, you know, that was going to be the bar for me and mm-hmm. that I would not never, ever slip below that bar. And, um if I'd really done a good job at um, traversing some really hard terrain with someone that I liked and and liked more than them and whatever. Yeah, but it's not... It's never like that. Surely this is the extent of the circumstances that I'm going to have to deal with. Yeah, or I'll just never be low vibrational again and it it's it happens to me it, it's and honestly like it's almost as if i get one good one one shit one one good one one shit one one good one one shit one that doesn't oh, that matter exactly and yeah. it doesn't matter whether i've got a great relationship with my ex the next person that i see i could make a whole shit ton of mistakes with yeah it never stops because they're a different person and you're also a different person and i think it's important to yeah Uh, something that lets me off the hook is reminding myself that I'll never actually get it done. What do you get what done? Get... Tick tick all the boxes that says, great, you're now a successful human at all the different categories of life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's no... There's no final checkbox. For every checkbox you tick, there's another two that arrive, right? Mm -hmm. It just continues. So there's this... There's this, like deep humility 
And then it can either be overwhelm or enchantment by going, this will never be complete. Like, I could live my entire life yeah, doing my right. absolute best, showing up at every single way that I've learned how to and every podcast that I've listened to that's taught me different ways of doing so. Yet, I have another birthday and there's 50% or 150% more boxes to tick. Mm-hmm. And is that going to make me feel overwhelmed and like I want to go and sit in the corner and rock? Or am I going to go amazing this means I could never get it wrong as well yeah how refreshing (laughs) and that enchantment I think I think enchantment and playfulness go hand in hand Mm. and there's something really refreshing thinking about how if playfulness is our highest state if I'm feeling like absolute shit for the way that I just either showed up or didn't show up for somebody or myself or the way that somebody did or didn't show up for me or the way that I'm witnessing them not showing up for themselves. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and fall apart? Super valid. Absolutely feel the feels. And <laughs> I'm also capable of going, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to go and eat fruit that I pick off the neighbor's trees and I'm going to play on the swings and I'm going to remember that this is a playful experience of life. Yep. And there's actually no way that I can get it entirely wrong because mm. it's not over. It doesn't matter how far yeah. along it is. It's not over. True, true. It's interesting. I had a really great coach once who said to me, um, when life gives you a challenge and things feel kind of icky, it's good to say to yourself in the mirror, like, oh, plot twist. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, this is stimulating, rather than looking at everything as being harrowing and because it's challenging, mm. because it's new, because you haven't done that before. Um you know, you have that choice. You have that choice, mm. which is really beautiful. Absolutely. The free will is laced through all of it. Do you apply that, I, I guess, to everything across your life outside of romantic connections? Maybe we, we spend our entire lives trying to get them right, and even when we get them long, it doesn't necessarily mean that we get them right. Um, do you, you would apply that to, like, other things like purpose? And I don't know, because I'm feeling in my, my, my feeling a bit at the moment... Um, lost Mm. in that space because I know what I want to do but like I just can't sit down and do it um I'm just finding a lot of resistance and I I'm I'm always really like worried of striking that balance between like if I'm not wanting to do it then why am I forcing myself to do it but also is that just me not showing up Mm. am I being too vague I can be less I can be less abstract um Sure. Give us some content. Well, I just want to write this thing. Like, I really want to write this particular scene down because I have it in my head between these two people talking and um, I want to write it to the point where I could give it to two people and they could act it out and mm-hmm. we could see it play out in, in real time. between a script. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's not even a script at this point. Like, it's literally just a scene um, and there's an idea for the scene. Um, but I just can't do it every time I go down to sit... Every time I sit down to do it, I just have this, like, resistance and I don't... Um, do it. I find something else to do, like reading mm. or um, eating or Instagramming. <laughs> Three wonderful things. Yeah, uh, I'm not about the Instagram. Yeah, it's probably yeah. not as wonderful unless it's reading Mark and eating Groves or, or, yeah, yeah. or oh, Ray Marcus. <laughs> um, yeah, look, um, I, I in no way feel like I'm any kind of an expert when it comes to any sort of purpose and avoiding procrastination. I 
my, my immediate thing to think of there is just, I go, how can I make this procrastination as powerful as possible? Right. You know, like, yeah, Instagram, not that much comes out of unless you're reading something super profound, perhaps. But Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you're going to sit down and think, I should be doing this, I should be doing this, I should be doing this for the next 45 minutes, and that pressure that you've placed on yourself has just created essentially like a dam for your inspiration to be unavailable, to continue to flow. Um, is it is it better there to sit there with potentially a frown on your face trying to push through, or is it better to go, this shit isn't flowing right now, what else can I do? Mm. I remember reading about some scientist and he was, look, I'd love to have all the details for you, but full disclosure, I just started bleeding and my like memory recall isn't quite on tap the way I'd like it to be. Mm. Um, but whatever, some super smart dude doing scientific shit on behalf of the humanity, bravo, mate. So he's he's going through his his different mass equations or scientific formulas or whatever it might be. And whenever he came to some sort of block, he'd get up and he'd mow the lawn. And really? apparently his wife was always like, the, the lawn doesn't really need mowing. You know, like it's probably not very long since you last mowed it probably doesn't need mowing and it was his version of meditating essentially it was walking laps of his backyard or his front yard pushing this lawnmower and then he'd get to some point and he'd only be thinking about the lawn and the lawnmower and then something in his mind would click and he'd be like I know the next step of the formula really turn the the lawnmower off mid-lawn and run back inside and proceed with what he was doing or continue with what? Yo, that's weird because I was talking to a, another writer the other day mm. um, and he said that he used to walk home from uni through a park in Sydney mm-hmm. and at every time he walked past this particular point of the park, past this particular bench, he would have ideas drop into his head. Wow. Yeah, about, um, so he's a, he's a, he is a journalist, was studying journalism, became a journalist for um, a national paper, but always wanted to write these more poetic, um, I think, and uh, longer form human narrative-esque stories. Mm-hmm. And he'd get these ideas about that, that desire that he had in the same part of the park. Amazing. You know, oh, it's like... So what? many possibilities about what that could be if it's like that that distance of between the uni to that location is when he reaches some meditative state. Yeah. It could be something to do with like song lines and he gets to some intersection of particular song lines and there's something that, you know, it depends how spiritual you want to get with it. I think yeah. it's awesome regardless. I'd yeah. love to read what he ended up coming up with. Well I don't know if he ever brought any of those ideas to fruition, but he that was the spot um, where he'd have to stop and write a note in his phone uh-huh. about an idea. And I think that now he just has pages and pages of those notes but has to wait, has to employ that next step, which is the what I'm trying to freaking do, which is sit down and actually, like, I've had these ideas, I've written them down in their skeleton form, mm. but then actually sit down and bring them to life. Yeah, bring flesh them, them out. Flesh them out and not actually just talk about them on podcasts forever. Well, I mean, it's a great topic nonetheless. I think I think it does come down to, you know, the only rush that exists is the one that you put there. Mm. 
it's like, why does it have to happen immediately? Like, I I, I have little things that come up in my mind of like, I have had this idea in the mental atmosphere for so long. If I don't fucking implement this shit, someone else is going to reach up and grab it and implement it themselves. And I would have been that person that going, Napster was my idea or whatever. (laughs) Um, But it's, I mean, is there, is there a rush? If, if we remove the fear, what's actually... I don't know. Well, I guess you want to grow. Like, for me, I think of the tra- tra- trajectory, trajectory. trajectory um, as a writer or to be the kind of writer that I want to be. Mm. And it's like, okay, you move away from writing for other people and writing things like business copy, which is what I've been doing to make money forever. And then I move into writing for myself and little bits and pieces and then longer whatever the longer version of a bit and pieces blobs and blats <laughs> and like <laughs> and then eventually I've got a whole act and then eventually I've got a whole story and then eventually I tra- transition that into a stage play or a screenplay and then I win an academy award brilliant and <laughs> I've only got 80 years to achieve these things right so Give or take, you know, um, and obviously we don't know how the world's going to progress and, like, these frameworks or these structures or these accolades that we want to win for our creativity, like, Mm -hmm. how important are they really in a general sense and how will will that importance stick around for us on a spiritual sense? And I've really let go of a lot of of those barometers in the past and and realised that it's not about other people's opinions of me, it's about my opinion of myself. I digress. Coming back to that, those big goals that we have, that's the rush for me. Yes. Well, there's things that I want to achieve and I know that there's steps to get there and I know that I have X amount of years to get to those steps and so, like, where should I be at and at what time? Yeah, and it's something that I hear about this long-term plan that you have that ends in get an Academy Award. Right, it sounds so... Well, it just sounds like a lot of pressure. Yeah. So it's like, how are you going to flesh out this thing when you're putting it up against an Academy Award right. standard <laughs> rather than just being playful with it and going, what does it look like if I make it squishy here and add an extra few lines there? And then what if this character actually says this and throws this other plot twist and... You know, we've been talking about plot twists earlier this morning over... Cacao. Over our cacao. Yeah. Um, and and I think you have to allow those to happen with your goals as well. It's 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 not a, it's not a beginning and a middle and an end. You yeah. Know, you know, those little visuals. And it's like what I thought my journey was going to look like. And it's like a slow, steady incline. And then it's like what it actually was. And there's like a scribble over the entire page of just like loops and troughs and all sorts of things. Yeah, exactly. And what we were saying before about you with connection to mm. people, it's some, you have a really great one. And then sometimes you have a really shit one after that. And you're no, you know, no one above you, no one below you, including like your own self. Yeah. And, it, and it's not indicative to what's to come either. Yeah, I know. I'm just like type A personality and I just really would <laughs> like that. that. And it's part intensity. of... Intensity. Yeah, I mean, and we love you for your intensity. <laughs> Let's be absolutely honest. You guys do. I don't know if everyone does. Not everyone can handle it. Uh, but they're just not there yet, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, goals are, are... We're a product of our generation as well. We're, we're seeing each other's success now that social media is so accessible and essentially in our back pocket at all moments. Very much. And then I find that, I mean, I don't personally spend that much time on Instagram because um, 
I mean, I did mention to you before that there's only a few people whose Instagram I really look at, yours included. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> but I, I, I very rarely post on there. But mostly um, I just see it as a space to compare your bloopers to other people's highlights. And if it's, you can, yeah, be that courageous to own that. Yeah, and it, it doesn't feel yummy for me. Looking at yours does because I look at it and I celebrate it. And looking at my sister's does because I look at it and I celebrate it. Yeah. And there's a few other people around the world who have different different ways that they like to express themselves. And, and I have a lot of admiration for that. But in terms of, like, looking up people I've never met and finding out what seems like it should be an intimate detail of their life um, or their process, yet... It's it's so sugar-coated and covered in glitter and a filter and whatever yeah. else it might be. And it, I think, you know, we're the first generation to, to document so much about us doing so little. <laughs> it's so true. Mm. And, and, of course, there's, there's power in it and there's beauty in it and I hope that there's lots of... Insp- I'd, I'd like to think that there's more inspiration in it than there is comparison, but I'm not sure that yeah. that's actually the case. Well, there is, though. I've been really fortunate in... Um, so this radio show that Gemma and I do, mm-hmm. Gemma was on this podcast a few episodes back, and um, we in our, in our radio show we've had the opportunity to interview some people who have some very, very unique life experiences. I'm talking about people that have experienced like, proper homelessness, mm-hmm. people from different cultural backgrounds, and people who... Um, are still working through their identity, whether that is sexual, gender, um, professional, whatever. There's a million different options there. But um, that social media, as we've had discussions about social media with those particular people, they've been really um, helpful in at least reinstilling the faith in me that it is doing some good because it is sharing. And as much as it is your highlights or someone else's highlights and your bloopers or someone else's bloopers and your highlights and what the fuck is authenticity really, it Mm. still does, um, you know, the people that are showing up on there as, um, as unique as they really are, that's big. And that's been able to move, move forward this the human a lot of conversations around humanitarianism yeah and deep respect to those people with yeah. with that level of public vulnerability to an invisible audience yeah um something that just came through for me on that note is so when we're scrolling through instagram um it's in a sense a bit of an energetic transaction in that you're pouring your energy into absorbing somebody else's persona which they've poured their energy into and it is an exchange in a way not in the same way that like money oh I mean maybe even in the same way that money is an energetic transaction but I don't want to get I don't want to conflate the two Mm -hmm. so um it's a it's a transaction and you can either finish a scroll and just feel so good and so seen and so understood and like sometimes I read um you know, there's this this Instagram that um, my best friend Ruby and I are obsessed with called Rising Woman and then another guy, Mark Groves. Mm. We love him and, um, you know, I love so much of Aubrey Marcus's work and so much of the other spiritual teachers out there, like modern-day spiritual teachers that are really speaking the language of millennials mm-hmm. um, and I feel good after a scroll. But then some fucking days, you don't. You don't. Like that energy that, that somebody has poured into this, like, inauthentic expression of who they are because of their own 
you know, as a, as a consequence of their own insecurities, you've then poured your energy into absorbing that. And it's like, they've taken that valid on some like strange metaphysical level. They absorb that validation and it leaves you and then you feel drained. Mm. And that's happened to me a lot in scrolling Instagram is that it's been like, Oh fuck. Why did I just do that? I was supposed to be writing the scene. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I think something it reminds me of just then is, is the way that they intentionally don't put windows in a casino so that you can't see outside. There's no right. windows and clocks. There's no there's no gaps to potentially look no out. Natural and, climate. Yeah, and it's and it's done it's done that way so that you stay there and you keep putting your dollar I was gonna say bills, coins into the pokey machine and pressing play or whatever you might be doing at a casino. Yeah. And I think that Instagram, or it's very much suggested that Instagram is set up in a similar way so that there's no gaps to keep your attention there. True. Me being that your attention is your greatest form of currency. And sometimes you receive, I mean, you mentioned money, but you didn't want to convolute the two. But with your attention being your greatest form of currency, how much time you're spending on on that screen scrolling um, interested in potentially whatever might arise, hoping that something a little more interesting than the last thumb flick might offer you. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's designed that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of lost my train of thought just then. No, I, I, <laughs> it's getting it's warm getting in here. It's 15 degrees. I'm panting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually I'm pretty good at this, but uh-huh. I'm just going to switch this light off for the illusion that it is cooler. Okay. Here. And actually, Ooh, that got brighter. There right. we go. Okay. Yeah, okay. Nice. Or you can make this maybe blue or green, like your favorite color. Oh, there we yeah. go. Blue is nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I hear you on that. It's a, um, kind of like, um, symbol or relic or what's the word um different incantation of exchanging energy with someone Mm. physically yeah and feeling like either really invigorated by them or really drained and I remember when I was um you know a bit younger in my mid-20s I guess and I fell in love with this guy I was living out in regional South Australia I fell in love with this guy and oh man he was just uh um and he wouldn't mind me saying this, like a bit of a bit of a gruff, broken mess, but such a beautiful, beautiful boy with mm. such a whimsical mind. And I just was, um, yeah, smitten. But every now and then he would stay over at my house and we would never have sex or anything because mm. early on in the piece he was like, I, I'm not, it's not romantic for me um, and therefore it can't be sexual, but I want to be friends. Mm-hmm. And I was so desperate for the, the connection to continue feeling his energy around me that I didn't give myself time to shift gears and continued on this, like, quote-unquote, friendship journey when mm-hmm. I was still very much in the love feels. But he used to stay over at my house. We'd, like, he'd come over and I'd make dinner and we'd get a li- little bit drunk and blah blah And then the next morning I'd just be so devastated. We would have had a really good night mm-hmm. because he was funny and smart and and you know had this dark comedic timing that I just loved so the time together was really good but the aftermath like I just would feel so drained by it Mm, yeah and we were just sleeping in a bed together at that point yeah but there's a depletion in that non-reciprocation right right there's that that deep love Oh, the beeps. I know. I'm just going to take it down a bit. This is the hottest one I've had in a while. Whew. It's the first one I've had in a good while. So we're, we're going... Yeah, Congratulations, Shayla, on being here. 
Okay, help me. What happened to me out in the country? <laughs> I mean, it really. I can hear the, the sweaty timber. Yeah. Um, That's going in the soundtrack. It is, sure is. Um, I mean, I think, like we were talking about earlier, this imbalance that that can come and. I mean, to be honest, you and I have spoken about this this strapping hot mess um, prior to now. We had done, yes, yes, because actually, weirdly enough, and I did tell you this, he was, or the, the guy at the very beginning of this podcast I told you about sitting in the car and crying because this other dude wouldn't write back to my goddamn text message mm-hmm. and not even yoga could save me. Yeah, yeah. He really reminded me. Of the boy in the country. They had deep similarities. Ah, that's so interesting. I yeah. forgot about that. Thank you for remembering and reminding me. Yeah, friendships. We, oh. we got you. We got each other. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I, I do feel that like... Energy, that energy, that similar energetic code. Mm-hmm. That and same void being filled. And then, me. therefore, a similar symbol, that they're, that they remain a symbol for something. Like while you're deeply invested um, and your attention is highly on this particular symbol, yet there's something in them that doesn't look at your symbol and and sees something that they really want to invest in, mm. which personally fucking surprises me because I think it's such a gravitational force of beauty and power. <laughs> but I think that... Thank you. I think that everybody looks through you know, their lenses and whether or not they looked through this lens of fear and was like, she could represent the too much woman for me mm. or um, I am just not willing to receive that amount of love. Like, whatever yeah. it might be. It's essentially, it's kind of like none of your business yeah. What the, the way that they see you, which is one of those, like, egotistical moments of, like, it'll fucking piss you off, but it'll eventually set you free. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, again, that saying what people think about you is none of your business, mm-hmm. whether you put a romantic, whether you put rose-coloured goggles over that or whether it's in a, you know, creative setting or a professional setting or, a, like, you know, friendship, social setting. Mm-hmm. Um but it's hard because the ones that you care about, you automatically care about their opinions. Yeah, yeah. And and here we are with with the divine cosmic joke of this giant social experiment yeah. all over again. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. But has that happened to you? Have you found that this series of, um, without naming any names, like found that you have seen a series of men um, and or women um, who have had the same blueprint yeah I definitely have and in different ways um some some people having just like a really similar sense of humor and therefore Mm. that particular like genre of connection with them was really similar even though they were quite different like those uniting factors was the humor a deflection thing from feels no, not necessarily, like, just a willingness to laugh with me about something as silly as, like, those two cars are parked facing each other, but they're actually touching. Mm-hmm. And I just found that, like, wildly hilarious, and they were able to fully jump on board with that with mm-hmm. me. Um, but that's a nice... That's a thing that you put in the box of wants and desires and absolutely. that you take with you. Absolutely. I'm just thinking about those um, uh, those those categories of of different connections um 
yeah, I feel like I had something to say after the um, <laughs> the cars after, kissing. After the cars kissing, after this, after the uh, sense of humour piece, different different men that had things in common. Um, typically, men. I mean, yeah, we'll focus on men because. Well, yeah, one thing at a time. One I thing think, at a time. At fifty <laughs> degrees. At fifty degrees, and however many minutes in. I think we're good for one thing at a time. Yeah, so have they... Okay, so we know that the positive aspects, like this particular style of humour and this particular way that you want someone to be able to jump on a comedic bandwagon with you. Mm. Um, and that's important and that's like we... I, I call that like a yes-and person. I need yes. someone to be yes-and because I always say like pretty dumb shit, you know, and I, I need to be... I'm putting my creativity out there, which is what my entire self-worth can sometimes hinge on depending on what what else is going <laughs> yeah. on in my life. So I need someone to, like, get on that bandwagon yeah. and, like, yes, Play with me. you, yeah. Right. But um, in terms of negative stuff, like, I guess for me before I was just saying, you know, it's unavailable, like, emotional unavailability. Right, yeah. And I've, I've definitely had a series of men who were very set on the idea of polyamory, which for oh. me, with my deep respect for... I mean, I say deep respect <laughs> with my um, allowance of people who choose to be polyamorous. I'm just not one of them. Yeah. I feel really honest in the fact that um, the ongoing continuous work of monogamy, and I and monogamy in itself makes me laugh quite a bit because originally the word monogamy meant one person for life. Now here in our lovely generation we're here knowing it as one, one person, person at, at a time, time. <laughs> very different yes um yet polyamory um having this sugar-coated i can sleep with all the people thing i just see it as a whole heap of conversations that are unnecessary in order to have a have a sex life with a bunch of people and i i deeply respect having loads of love for loads of people um, and being able to feel like you can be really intimate with your girlfriends or even your brothers, like good mates of any yeah. kind, feeling like I could jump into a pile of humans um, who are my brothers or my girlfriends regardless and have them all tickle me and kiss me on the head and play with me and know that there's nothing that's suggesting that I don't love my partner. Um, but having a bunch of men that feel like they really need me and other people in yeah. order to satisfy their relationship goals, quote-unquote. And I just, um, yeah, after having a bunch of them, I I just got really clear in my field and was kind of like, this is a non-negotiable. Mm. I'm actually really, I, I hold my sexuality in in its sacred nature and I don't want it to be shared with other people via other people that's not and I also don't want to receive other people's intimate lives and all of their energy and their sexual sense of self through my vagina (laughs) that's just uh, happy to chat about it with people over coffee or dinner or whatever it might be but um getting to a point where going um if if polyamory is on your menu that's really cool it's nice to meet you it's actually not on mine yeah have a great life yeah and fuck and you gotta but you gotta um have the experience to know that it's not the experience you want to have like very that's, for me being an open being in an open relationship was what taught me that I don't want to be in an open relationship. Yeah, likewise. Mm. Died a thousand deaths, want to 
have a partner that I can just have fun with and not be constantly navigating um, other people's energies. Again, back mm -hmm. to this energetic thing, um, infiltrating our bond. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that bond can feel so sacred and like such a powerful container to grow and transmute when when using it correctly. And you know, I think that there's so much possibility in the ways to relate when there's just two people intimately relating mm -hmm. without feeling like there's any sort of a lack. Mm. So yeah yeah you've got to be careful with where you put how you share your energy and how you invite other energies in because it's there's an effect you know we were talking earlier about um uh giving blowjobs which is you know a great topic to spend the last two minutes yeah. of this on before yeah, we do yeah. the meltdown brilliant um it's like you, oh, i mean sex actual penis and vagina <laughs> sex aside consuming um someone's body part like yeah. i don't even know i don't you just like where else has that been like, yeah, yeah i don't want that i'm that's gonna be in my system and i'm gonna wear that for the rest of you know until i have my next infrared sauna probably right or like potentially a bleed or exactly. a vaginal steam i mean there's there's options and practices to do to cleanse that sort of thing out sooner but it's like do we want to be spending our time cleansing things cleansing potentially um uncertain things that have been shared through one partner via however many other partners they could be having yeah they could be having and i mean we talked about um swallowing a male seed and right. um <laughs> and and what that could actually mean and i've got friends that are all about it and call it vitamin bj uh but they call it ethically sourced vitamin bj if you are going to ingest someone's seed is making sure that they're actually um, it's just their seed and, and that they're healthy not only you know in their diet but also in their um, in their energetic self and who they've been sharing themselves with. Totally, mm. totally. Um, have you had experiences where uh, you've felt something out of the ordinary, not quite right, like almost not on a not on a um, not on an emotional frequency, but um, on an energetic frequency after having shared intimacy with someone and have known like, oh, that could be not theirs, but even someone else's. Have you had an experience like that? Um, I have, and it does, it does come down to speculation and like how much you want to read into it because it, at the end of the day, it is like, I had sex with one person and now I feel like this. They're the facts that I can identify with. I can, I can make up ideas that this has to do with their last partner who emasculated them on some level or treat it, you know, yeah, okay. take from the following things. But it's, um, it. <laughs> I lost all my words just then and just started staring into Paige's eyes. That was great. Um, uh, it's unsure. It is what it is. It is what it is. Be careful who you give blowjobs to. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Brilliant. Okay, the meltdown. So this is 24 questions in the last 24 hours about your life. Rapid fire. I'm going to shoot them your way. I'm going to bump the temperature down a little bit because it's actually getting ridiculous. Wild in here. Um... And first thing that comes off the top of your head, but in the last 24 hours, right? 24 hours. Naughtiest thing you've, oh, this is appropriate, naughtiest thing you've put in your body? Uh, penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, worst physical pain you've felt? Um, probably my period cramps just before when we were mm. drinking cacao. Thing you felt most excited about? Um, 
Just celebrating a new lover man's birthday with him. Oh. Um, last time you dropped the ball on something. Uh, arriving late to... No, I'm going to say my sister uh, wanting to have a ceremony with me and arriving late to that. Yep. Um, first thoughts when you looked in the mirror today. Hello. How many times did you try it on and change your outfit this morning? Once. Last DM you didn't you read and didn't reply to. Oh, so many. <laughs> One word to describe your dreams last night. Uh, interesting. That was a bit of a bit of a sidestep word, but they were really unusual. <laughs> there was all sorts of zooming in and out of anyway. Yeah. Um, most out of character thing you've done in the last twenty four hours? Uh, gone to the roadie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a cafe in Byron Bay. Yeah. Um, uh, last thing that you wrote down. Oh, I wrote down so many things this morning. Um, I think it was to arrive at more places on time and leave at the time I say I'm going to leave. Last word you Googled. Oh, that's a tricky one. Sultry. <laughs> last time you checked your bank account. Uh 25 minutes ago, whenever, before we got in here. <laughs> <laughs> Last white lie you told? Um, How is your face not dripping with sweat right now? By the way, that's not a question. Okay. Uh, not sure. I didn't know. Um, really not sure about the lie thing. Okay, we'll pass on that one. Yeah, true pass. or false? Your last 24 hours have felt productive. Uh, true. True or false? In the last 24 hours, you felt like yourself. True. The most expensive purchase you've made? In the last 24 hours? Mm -hmm. Probably that fucking cacao. It was really <laughs> yummy. Um, the best news that you've received? Um, some celebratory information from Miss Page. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most invasive thought you've had? Uh, invasive. Um, pass? Can we come back to that one? I'm really not sure. We'll see. Okay. Um, last time you didn't get your own way? Um, really not sure. The price of that cacao. The price of that cacao. Excellent. Thanks. The last personal item you couldn't locate. Um, my badminton rackets. <laughs> the best thing that you read on social media. Um, that my friend Claire, who takes the piss out of gurus, even though she's super, super spiritual, um, got sucked at by an even more spiritual person than she did. <laughs> um, the most visited website. Um, does Google count? Yeah. Yeah. Most time you've spent in what room of the house? My bedroom. The book that you're currently reading? Uh, what's called Plants for the People. Nice. Yeah. And we're done. We're done. Oh, that was a steamy one. Thanks, Paige. Oh, Melanie. Such Pleasure. a delight. Every time. <sighs> Sweaty or not. This is the uh, definitely hottest ceremony we've ever had. I'd say so. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that concludes the first season of Losing My Cool. Seven is the lucky number, but I'll be back with more juicy episodes in a couple of weeks. Please subscribe. I love it when you do that and you'll get notifications for when we're back for season two. Check out the Instagram at losing.my.cool. For all updates, feel free to drop into my DMs with any questions or suggestions for the next season. And until next time, stay warm and stay hydrated.